recreate face lines and expression lines and stuff like that. And so, like, obviously somebody under the age of 18 is not going to have a whole lot of that, you know? Um, so I think that might be part of it. But I wonder if it's cheating if I pick somebody that's, like, Megan Fox or Madonna who's had, like, a lot of plastic surgery to look all super young. Like, <laughs> I'll have to consider my options now. <laughs> Sorry, all that I know, was dead air. All, all I know is that music makes the people come together. All right. Dude, you know what album was great? It was the Ray of Light album. I don't care what anybody says. The Frozen song from Felicity. Shit was hardcore. Yeah, you know, if you're gonna do a celebrity, there's you need to do Alanis Morissette. Okay. Alanis Morissette is bae. Mm. No plastic surgery. I actually saw one of her <laughs> recent music videos, and Alanis Morissette gained a lot of weight. Like she's a big girl now. And, like, I, like, really commend her for, like, just, like, being down with it and just, like, okay, you know what, guys? Like, the music video was actually making – it was kind of poking a little bit of fun at her when she was younger. So she was in, like, a therapy set, Alcohol Anonymous session with people that were dressed like her when she was younger. And she's kind of poking a little fun at it. She's like, I'm a mom now. I got, like, a fucking light. I got all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what, Alanis? You're badass, girl. Like, you're badass. You're still number one on my hall pass list. I don't give a fuck. Okay. I've had pictures of myself from when I was like 19, like my teenage dirtbag photos from like 16 and 19. And I looked at them and I was like, I am so mad. Like almost 40 year old me is so mad at 19 year old me for thinking she was fat. I'm like, what the fuck was right? that bitch thinking? Like, same, same. What was wrong with me? No. <laughs> That's the thing. Like Tatiana, she's, um, she struggles with her weight, um, due to some medical conditions and some other stuff. And it's really interesting because she was looking at herself the other day, and I think she's fucking gorgeous no matter what, but she's looking at herself the other day. She's like, you know, Babber. She calls her Babber, guys. Um, She's like, Babber, I'm so big. I'm like, Tatiana, one day you're going to look back at yourself today, and you're going to be like, I was so tiny. I'm like, just, just, just love yourself, okay? It's okay. And I say this as a guy who really struggles with my self-image, so I'm a kind of a fucking hypocrite. Speaking you're of hypocrites. Pope. As are you, Beth the Macabre Pimpstress. Um, with that said, um Nick's beautiful too. Nick is Nick is Nick <laughs> Thank is you so he's much. got the famous jawline, man. It's the jawline. Um, all right. So with that said, um, now that we've had our love in for the night, um we Does Jack uh, the Ripper have a jawline. Jack the Ripper ain't got no line because we don't know what the fuck he looks like. <laughs> I my headcanon is that Jack the Ripper is a woman though. Honestly, mm. get this. Just hear, hear, hear me out on this, okay? I'm not crazy. I promise. Get this. There's a woman in Victorian England. It's not H. H. Holmes because he's a piece of shit, okay? It's a woman, <laughs> and the woman. What? There's two things that happen. So she, when she's a little girl, I need to write this. Somebody write this as a story, okay? Or maybe I'll do it on my new, my new old Mac from 1994. Okay. Anyway. Here's what happens. I, I went and got a Mac, guys, for $20. Okay, with that said, here's what happens. There's a girl, and she's in Victorian England. And so, like, you know, women, like, they didn't have, like, a whole lot of rights back then. They had, like, certain things they were expected to do and say and all this other stuff. It's real restricted to be a woman back then. So what happens is she wants to be a doctor, and everybody in her life fucking laughs her out of the fucking house because fucking women couldn't be doctors back then, right? It's lame. But it's true. And so what happens is she studies. She self-studies. 
So um, she self-studies, learns a little bit about medicine and, you know, kind of starts getting good at it. But she can't get into medical school because fucking it's not something that can be done. And then at that time and then what happens is uh, she is thrown out of her house for being trouble and being problematic and everything else has to resort to prostitution. Right. Which is a very sad reality. That is not like it's not something I'm making fun of. Like it's a sad reality that a lot of people even today that end up in that situation. Not everybody, but a lot of them are there not by choice. And so she ends up doing that. And one day she fucking cracks. And all the like prostitute people that like gave her shit and like made fun of her because she's a nice girl from a good family that's on the street. She goes in and she obliterates them and uses her fucking medical knowledge to cut out pieces of them. And it's a goddamn woman. Jack the Ripper's a woman. I'm saying it right now. I made this up on the spot. And I'm telling you that Jack the Ripper's a woman. Okay. So you're not the only person that has that headcanon. Like that's actually Mm. been brought up multiple times throughout history that Jack the Ripper was a woman. Yeah. So, but it's more okay. So two things. First off, the first woman doctor that was actually like qualified as a physician and surgeon in England was Elizabeth Garrett Anderson, and she was uh, registered as a, a female doctor in England in 1865. So that's 20 years before Jack the Ripper, because the Jack the Ripper killings were in Whitechapel in England in eight, 1888, right? So right. Um, there's a good 20, 25 year difference. So, but typically it is believed that um, when the headcanon that Doc- Jack the Ripper is a woman comes up, that it is a woman scorned, that it is a woman who either has a husband who is a cheater or had a husband who was a cheater and died because of syphilis, or there's some sort of like uh, adultery that comes into play. Um, it's the theorized that the husband that the husband was a doctor, which is where she would have gotten her knowledge from, or her father was a doctor or something like that. She grew up in a medical household, but it's, you're not the first person to come up with that headcanon. I've actually heard that before. Um, Hmm. And realistically, there's some plausibility to it in that these women um, were comfortable enough to be lured into places, you know, and granted they were prostitutes, but like generally from a sex worker perspective, I would think that women who were known prostitutes in Whitechapel um, absolutely would not have gone into a threatening situation if they'd known it. Because sex work makes you really smart and aware of your surroundings. It's a lot like being in combat makes you aware of your surroundings. Like you just become aware of everything that's happening around you. A woman would have easily been able to lead them away to a more secluded area they wouldn't have been as likely to scream they wouldn't have been as likely to be on their guard like so there's definitely a lot of theory that supports that i think um and i think that's very plausible there's only really one thing i think that um kind of goes against it um and that is and this is not being sexist guys um but i do think it's worth bringing up is the sheer brutality of what happened to a lot of those women. I mean, the picture I sent you guys in the Discord, the woman didn't have a face. The skull Mm. under her face was gone. It was just a black nothing. It was a fucking mess. It looked like her face had been stuck into a ninja blender. And I don't don't know who has enough strength to do that, uh, a man or a woman, without a sledgehammer. So, like, um, the sheer brutality of it does kind of... Because, okay, so there there have been studies on this, and I'm, Beth, I'm sure that you're aware of these studies, so correct me if I'm wrong, 
But women, when they when they die, especially when they when they kill and when they die, really, they tend to go for the more. Um, they always considered poison was always, for example, considered a woman's weapon, right? Although uh, I'm going to say that ninjas used to use it in Japan. They would lower it down on strings into people's mouths and pour it in, and then they die and they'd be gone, right? So it's that's not necessarily true, but it is something that's a perspective. A lot of women who kill themselves tend to do it with something that um, is uh, not going to cosmetically mess them up, right? So they'll they'll slit their wrists or they'll take a bunch of pills like Marilyn Monroe did. Um, and so that also kind of, if that's true, you would know more about the subject than I would. But if that is something that holds true, then it does kind of, But then again, not everybody's the same. And so a woman that's mad so let's, enough. So let's, let's look at it, okay. Um, Yes, traditionally women are more it poison's always been called the women's uh murder weapon or a dagger versus a sword, right? Like they're they're right. more delicate weapons of choice typically when women are um in that situation, whether it be murder or suicide or whatever. I would like to point out let's look at Eileen Warnos, who was a prostitute serial killer here in America. She was a female serial killer and she um, was regularly killing men and i would not say that she necessarily chose feminine um for lack of a better word methods of killing uh that being said like just because their rule is a rule doesn't mean that there's an exception or that there isn't an exception you know what i mean like and so right. i would say anything is possible like we're talking about victorian england in the 1880s 1890s like and that whole era it was full of experimentation it is full of some of our our favorite uh gothic mystique ambiance it is directly from that era of time you know that that's what we see a lot now that being said like i do think that it's possible that it could have been a woman i could see the motive um but I think that um, it's possible that it's not even all necessarily the same killer. I think that there could be more bodies. Like, I, I think we don't have enough evidence to what we can justify nowadays for ourselves um, based off of what they have preserved from back then to really be able to say for sure. Um, I think the most interesting part of all of the Jack the Ripper case is that it was five victims. And then it stopped. It was a, a course of 12 weeks of time, you know, um, and then it just stopped. And then there were no more victims. Um, I think the letters to the Whitechapel police in Scotland Yard, I think that that um, was interesting and unique in that this was a person that had really lovely handwriting. They were articulate. They were um, well-spoken. You know, and like we were talking about last week with H.H. H. Holmes, the other side is a lot of the vernacular was not common vernacular used by men in England of any class at that time. Like there was just wordage and verbiage used, you know. And so I think it's really hard to say if you collect evidence from a lot of different places from a mindset nowadays, like, is it possible it's a woman? Sure. Is it as likely? Probably not, because women were less likely to be educated at that point. Um, so that she would have had to have gotten her skills and her language um, from somewhere pretty specific, you know, and like a tools. medical doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't mean it's not possible. And like you said, the strength 
of being able to do something like that. Um, as a woman, I've been pretty angry. I've had some really horrible things happen that have absolutely made me consider doing some pretty horrific stuff to my ex-husband. That being said, what have I ha had the strength to to essentially eviscerate him and completely take him apart almost? Probably not. Like, um, you know, this would have had to have been a very young woman in her 20s to be at peak strength um, to be able to fend off other women who are probably raised in a much harder environment. And let's just say tougher in general, you know, a woman with that level of education and um, ability probably did not grow up on the streets of Whitechapel like these women did. And these women are probably a lot tougher and a lot physically stronger a lot more physically stronger than she would be. So I think it's possible, but it's not very likely. So um, we kind of got, kind of put the cart before the horse a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing Jack the Ripper, it, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So there is one thing um, I mentioned it in the previous recording, but I want to um, actually mention it just here, just so we're good and clear. Um, there was two inaccuracies that I actually said in the last episode. I want to correct them real quick. The first one is I said that Holmes wasn't medically trained. He was medically trained. Uh, he, he wasn't like a doctor, but he had some medical training. Um, and then the second one was that Jack the Ripper was proven to have medical training, which is not true. It's theorized because he removed certain organs from bodies and stuff like that. But it is not um, just it's not a proven fact. And that kind of leads to what is the introduction after all this stuff we've said to Jack the Ripper which is basically everything we know about Jack the Ripper mm. is theory. Mm -hmm. It's theory. We know next, next to nothing about this cat. They're a ghost. By the way, I've discovered who Jack the Ripper actually is. Guys, I just found out. I said, I said it, and Siri showed up on yeah. my phone. Okay? Um, so it's Siri's Jack the Ripper. Okay? I'm now, say, is it Siri or are you going to say King James? Uh, no, I was gonna say King James isn't cool enough to be Jack the Ripper. Anyway, also, um, different time periods, right? When was King way James? way different time no. period? That's like, what, yeah, five hundred years, some shit like that, man. King James is way before Jack the Ripper, <laughs> and King not James only that, what, but fifteen hundreds, fifteen hundreds, something like that. I don't, know. I don't know off the top of my head, Come but on, here's Pope, what I do. This is your like jam. Yeah, it's my it's my hate <laughs> click guy. Um, but I will say this about King James. He's got a way bigger body count than fucking Jack the Ripper dreams of having. Mm. Okay. Um, so with that said, um, just to kind of lay Ooh, the groundwork a little I just found a, a timeline. Bit. That's groovy. Noise. So to lay the groundwork, um, Jack the Ripper uh, in 1800s, uh, late 1800s England, uh, Victorian England is what they call it. Um, it's the time period we all know, Sherlock Holmes, all that good shit. So... The thing I is, a lot was is that, uh, at that point in time, honestly, like that's like the Tesla Edison era too, isn't it? <clears throat> uh, probably. It doesn't relate back to serial killers. So I don't know if it doesn't relate back to Apple computer or serial killers. I don't know about it. Um, <laughs> I'm sure at the moment it's probably almost exclusively Apple computers. Oh my god, it's so cool! That, that dude, I'm telling, I can't. I, I love doing these, but as soon as we get off, I'm gonna be on that thing fucking around. Okay, so with that said, um, Beth just pulled a timeline, so I'm gonna actually let her walk yeah. through it. But I do want to say, Jack the Ripper, infamous killer, not a whole lot known. 
Um, and a lot of the information that we that could have been known actually was lost in a fire at the police station that was investigating mm. him. So um, kind of like a library of Alexandria type situation where there's just a lot of information we just don't have and will never have. Um, but the curious thing, they theorize that the reason the murder stopped is because he died or was incarcerated and just never connected with crimes. But um, Beth, would you would you be kind enough to walk us through this timeline? Sure. So um, this is at jacktheripper.org. So anybody could go look for it. There's the link. We'll probably add that to our, our info later, too. Um, so we have it's April 3rd. It's 1888. It's 1.30 in the morning. And uh, Emma Smith, a local prostitute, is attacked by a local gang at the junction of Osborne Street and Brick Lane. As well as robbing her, they subject her to a very savage assault. Uh, April 3rd, 1888, same night, a couple of hours later, between 4 and 5 a.m., Emma Smith wait, wait, arrives wait, wait. back at her lodging house. What's up? Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were going to mention it. I'm sorry. I did not. I didn't. I, well, I meant to cut you off, but I don't want to be rude about it. I'm sorry. I just want to say this. <laughs> no, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. But uh, this okay. murder is not generally connected. It's not generally considered a Jack the Ripper. Um, okay. Yeah. Her, I have but, a different canonical five. Um, But please. I'm sorry, Beth. Please continue. Well, no, you're good. Like I said, I'm just giving the website that I pulled it from. So it could be incorrect if you guys find something different. Absolutely correct me. Like, um, April 3rd, 1888. So this is a couple hours later, between 4 and 5 a.m. Emma Smith arrives back at her logic house, 18 George Street, where the other residents, alarmed at her distressed and injured state, persuade her to go with them to the nearby London hospital. April 4th, 1888, 9 a.m. Emma Smith dies of her injuries at the hospital. April 7th, 1888, the inquest into her death is held at the London Hospital. The jury returns a verdict of willful murder against some person or persons unknown. The first Whitechapel murder. Although she almost certainly was not a victim of Jack the Ripper, she is the first name on the Whitechapel murders file that later included the murders by Jack the Ripper. That's the full story of Emma Smith. August 7th, 1888, another prostitute, Martha Tabram, is found stabbed to death on a landing of George Yard Buildings. August 31st, 1888, at 3.40 a.m., the body of Marianne Nichols, who is commonly held to be Jack the Ripper's first victim, is found at 3.40 in Bucks Row, Whitechapel. September 1888, uh, on the 1st through the 4th, the police begin questioning the neighborhood's prostitutes. They learn about a character who the prostitutes have nicknamed, nicknamed Leather Apron, who has been extorting money from them for the past 12 months. September 5th, 1888, the Star newspaper publishes a write-up on Leather Apron, which causes the first murmurs of anti-Semitism in the district. Uh, September 8th, uh, 6 a.m., the second Jack the Ripper victim, Annie Chapman, is found in the backyard of 29 Hanbury Street. Uh, September 10th, Mr. George Lusk, together with several other local businessmen, founds the Mile End Vigilance Committee, hoping to assist the police with their endeavors to catch the murderer. September 10th at 6 a.m., John Pizer, whom Sergeant Thick maintains is recognized as Leather Apron, is arrested. He can, however, provide alibis for the two recent murders and is released. September 27th, a missive addressed to the bosses arrives at the Central News Agency. It is signed Jack the Ripper, a name which will turn, in, turn the unknown miscreant into a world-famous legend. September 30th at 1 a.m., the body of Elizabeth Stride is found in Burner Street off of Commercial Road. 
And then September 30th, 1.45 a.m., the body of Catherine Eddowes is discovered in Mitre Square in the City of London. This means that another police force, the City of London Police, now joins in the hunt for the murderer. October 1st, the police make the Jack the River letter public. October 6th, the Central News Agency receive another letter that is signed Jack the Ripper. The police ask them not to make this missive pub- public. Uh, October 16th, the Mr. George Lusk receives a letter that is addressed from hell. It contains half a kidney. There is press speculation that it belonged to Catherine Eddowes. Uh, November 9th, 10.45 a.m., 25-year-old Mary Kelly is found dead in her room, 13 Miller's Court, Dorset Street, Spitalfields. She is believed by many to have been Jack the River's last victim. December 20th, 29-year-old Rose Milet, also known as Catherine Millet and Lizzie Davis, was found strangled in Clark's yard off Poplar High Street. Despite the fact that several doctors who examined her body gave it as their opinion that she had been strangled, Robert Anderson was convinced that she had accidentally hanged herself on the collar of her dress while drunk. Dr. Thomas Bond was, therefore, asked to examine her body, and he agreed with Anderson. However, the jury at her subsequent inquest disagreed and returned a verdict of willful murder against some person or persons unknown. Her death was, therefore, added to the potential Whitechapel murders file. Uh, July 17th of 1889, the body of Alice McKenzie is found in Castle Alley off of Whitechapel High Street. Despite the fact that her injuries were less savage than those inflicted on previous victims, several detectives believed her to have been another victim of Jack the Ripper. Uh, September 10th, 1889, the mutilated torso of an unknown woman was found beneath a railway arch in Pynchon Street. Although the press at the time noted that the torso bore similar mutilations to those inflicted on his victims by Jack the Ripper, the consensus amongst experts is that this was probably not a Ripper killing. Uh, February 13th, 1891, the body of Francis Coles is found beneath a railway arch in Swallow Gardens. At the time, there was much speculation that her killing spelt a return for the Ripper. A sailor named James Thomas Sadler was arrested, charged, and later acquitted of her murder. Today, she is not believed to have been a Jack the Ripper victim. And that's essentially the entire timeline. So, um... Uh, there's, there's a lot here that I think is when, one thing I've noticed when focusing on serial killers is that we, um, is that we kind of romanticize, not like macabre masters, but like just in general as a society, we romanticize them. Guys, I encourage you to go look, they have police photographs of a lot of this stuff. It's just absolutely, you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. You know, and I know there's a lot of people out there who like think like really bad things about sex workers. And uh, first of all, stop because sex workers are just people trying to get by, and a lot of them are forced into it. But it really, for me, it really highlights how dangerous it is to be a woman. You know what I mean? Like it's that shit's fucked up. Like even I'm like I'm like last week. Listen, I'm joking about Jack the Ripper. I take it much more seriously after seeing this stuff. Um, it's fucked up. But um, there's. So those are those are the killers. You'll notice that Beth mentioned that um, a lot of them at the time were kind of theorized to be his killings, but later on decided probably not because they didn't fit his M.O. Um, or hers. But the interesting thing about Jack the Ripper is there's a lot of theories that I don't know how true they are or not, but people ascribe them to him. Like, for example, uh, basically knowing when the police patrols were. So going in between the police patrols and doing what 
you know, uh, he felt or she felt needed to be done and then moving on from there. But I don't know, guys. What what do, what do you guys think of that? Like, what do you guys think of this body count? Um, I mean, from what I was looking at, it is just the canonical five um, from Marianne Nichols all the way up to Mary Jane Kelly. I think something something I read that was different, um, and this could be something or it could not be. There's a 2019 book called The Five, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper by a social historian by the name of Haley Rubenhold. And Haley argued that, or sorry, I guess Miss Rubenhold argued that Mary Ann Nichols, Annie Chapman, and Catherine Eddowes were not prostitutes, and that Elizabeth Stride only solicited occasionally during periods of uh, desperate poverty. And the only verifiable prostitute among the five was Mary Jane Kelly. In Robin Holt's view, the women uh, Jack murdered, or the, the view, the notion that Jack the Ripper only killed prostitutes was a consequence of misogyny, uh, misogyny and class-based prejudices of Victorian England. So, I mean, if, if that is the case, then I guess it does change MO, and instead of a serial killer on our hands, we have another H.H. Holmes who doesn't have an MO and is just killing girls on the street, maybe because he thinks she's prostitute or not. Sure. I mean, five people is a lot to kill anyway, but to add the notion of 12 or more is ridiculously scary as well. I mean, that does scare me. I mean, and I'm just rambling at this point, but I do think that like, you know, I don't have anything anymore. Actually cut that part out. <laughs> You're fine. Um, I think the big thing that like, we talked about this somewhat last week, but the big thing is that, um, well, it, it's true that it could not be all the same person and that because, um, you know, maybe a couple of them were, and then most of them probably weren't. And the reality is, is like we see with news and social media today, there was a lot of sensationalism. Let's be realistic. Jack the Ripper is probably one of the most famous serial killers ever. Ever. If like, not there the, are like if not the, like there are multitudes of movies. There are multitude there's a weed strain named Jack the Ripper for fuck's sake. Like it's it's <laughs> It literally there there's all kinds of stuff i've seen snowboards that had like jack the ripper stickers on them like it, like crazy shit so i feel like the the idea that something so horrendous could happen um in a society that was also ev- starting to evolve very quickly right because like we're talking about the beginning of everything that we knew growing up as kids which has now been completely rewritten with the technological age you know it it was a whole different world for them we were talking electricity we're talking um you know all kinds of new things that were happening and yeah the industrial revolution absolutely thank you that was the phrase i was looking for and just couldn't bring to the tip of my tongue um the industrial revolution brought a lot of change in society and propriety. And um, I think that the sensationalism that the media portrayed around it is what gave Jack the Ripper this longevity of legacy. Um, 
And so whether it was one person, a woman or a man or multiple people like Jack the Ripper, as much as they were a person are that much more a figment of our imaginations that's just made his way into society like it, it kind of makes me think about the american gods uh tv show and books you know or the book like the more you believe in something the more power you give it and like there's a jesus for every different culture that believes in jesus you know so jack the ripper is worldwide famous like there are people all over the planet that have heard his name their name um like so i think had it not been so blown out of proportion, like it would have been like any other murder, you know, people, they, it just got correlated. I think the fact that whoever did it, did it publicly and left these women to be found on the street, like, or, or in their home, like there was no real trying to hide what they were doing at all. Like they wanted the attention for that, you know? Um, I think that was really an affront to people's sense of propriety and good Christian values for the time. And that was a huge part of it as well, um, is that people couldn't believe that this person had the audacity to be so vulgar, you know, and there was a lot of rage behind the murders and, and what was actually committed. Like the, the evisceration of a person is a pretty intense thing. Like having gone through just holding a person's organs in my hand like that's not something that's just like there's a profound feeling that comes with that dead or alive you know and I don't think that it was somebody who was unintelligent at all I think it was somebody who was really meticulous um and had spent a lot of time planning out exactly what they were going to do and that wasn't a crime of passion which would have been way more acceptable i think for the time and way more easy for people to understand and i think that that added to all of that in the long run like in, in jack the ripper becoming such a household common entity there's um there's another factor that i think is really heavily involved in this too and that is actually white chapel itself right so uh, if you think about it, like, uh, think about Hollywood here in, in America, because guys, we broadcast out of America. Think about Hollywood. Like, you have older people that are like pearl clutching, and they're like, "Well, out in Hollywood, they're doing all this crazy stuff, and it's a godless place." And da 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 da. A lot of pearl clutching, right? So, Whitechapel was considered um a very, very, very uh bad place. And it was a bad place. It was a place very negatively affected by the impact of the Industrial Revolution. But so a lot of drug use and the prostitution. I mean, the people that Jack the Ripper allegedly killed, um, well, it's allegedly Jack the Ripper. They were obviously, they were killed, um, were prostitutes because there was a, a lot of them, right? So, um, it's, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, so um, the, uh, the abominable fancy in religion, it's an idea that um, when you die, if you're a good person, you go to heaven and then you get to watch people that were sinners burn uh, and you get to enjoy it. It's called the abominable fancy. And I think it was a form of that. It was a form of that. Like it was like they were like sitting there and it's like, oh, look what's happening in fucking Whitechapel. You know, those all those assholes that aren't living correctly, like they're just getting mowed down 
there's a, probably a lot of people that were happy that prostitutes were getting barked at a prodigious level and a prodigious rate. And it's, um, I think that played a lot into it too. Like polite society being like, oh, well, you know, I'm super fucking distinguished and rich, so I don't have to worry about these Jack the Ripper killings. Like fucking, you know, it's all going to be okay for me because I'm not a prostitute. You know what I mean? And I don't live out in Whitechapel. And so I think there was an element of that too. And so it was penny, it was penny dreadful, like sensationalism mixed with a little bit of uh, whatever that German word is for like liking to watch people fucking get their comeuppance, uh, Schadenfreude or whatever. And um, just good old fashioned sensationalism and, um, and, and hype, you know what I mean? And I, the thing is, is it, it often gets lost in the messaging. I feel that like, you know, the, the real people were affected by this stuff. And it's always the case with serial killers. It always helps to sit down and, and like, look at the people that got affected by it. You know what I mean? Um, but it's so, like, it like it's so easy just to just be like, oh, it was a hooker. Like, who gives a fuck, right? Mm. So fucking well, and that's, easy. We see that. And, it's it's common all the way around. Like, that's something we see all the time in society, even still today. You know, if a person is homeless, it's a very common thought for people to be like well they deserve that they must have done something to deserve that right and so like i think that um especially in that society there is a lot of of divisiveness you know um between who deserved stuff just based off of your bloodline you know here in western society in america we don't have that as much anymore where it's like you have these upper echelons of people um in small towns and then lower people um lower class people but we still have it in major cities where like the unhoused problem here in denver is horrendous you know and people that are lucky enough to be able to afford an apartment for three thousand dollars a month like they struggle but still manage to look down on people who are literally they're only a rent payment away from being homeless too and we still have this idea that if something bad happens to you you probably deserve it and being poor inherently means that you probably deserve it like in most society especially at that time so i think you make a really really good point there um yeah, it it's uh, you know the thing the thing is is like the the prostitution thing especially um it holds a special place in my heart as far as something I really 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 if somebody wants to go do it then fine that's great there's like Nevada mm. especially like the, it's it's legal in Nevada if you want to go do it but I did a tour out in Korea and in Korea there's tons of prostitutes and they talk to you like they hang out and the reason is because a lot of them were kidnapped and they're forced into it and they're held under contract, right? Contracts they can't get out of. It's impossible for them to get out of it. And so a soldier sometimes will come by and pay the three, $4,000 and get them out of the contract. But for the most part, um, it's, it's involuntary. They kidnap them from Russia and from China and from other places. <coughs> and it's deplorable and it's hard to even think about. You know what I mean? But I think um, I think uh, we just don't, you know, we just we just we just close our ears and go. Ah, nah, 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 nah. And it's a, it's a shame and it really disturbs me. And so it disturbs me when these people who do not probably did not want to be out there doing that uh, and be in that situation. We're trying to find a better life. Many, you know, like they had families and people that cared about them and they, um, you know, they ended up 
And if you think for a second violence doesn't happen against sex workers today, mm-hmm. you know something I was thinking about the other day, the other day I was uh, this actually really occurred to me and it was crazy. Like it was like mind blowing to me. It's that if you think about it, uh, if you think about a famous actor or musician, for the most part, uh, Scar- you can think of Scarlett Johansson, Emma Watson, Robert Downey Jr., all these famous people, they all use their real names, the names that are on their social security card, right? Now, there are exceptions, like uh, Mike Durnt, his real name is Mike Pritchard, but for the most part, they're, they use their names. In Hollywood, have you ever noticed that porn actresses always use fake names? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a very very fucking good reason for that, and the reason is because people are nuts, and dudes will get obsessed. They'll track these people down, and it happens. Like a lot of porn people have been killed by crazy dudes who like got obsessed with them, and um, mm-hmm. it's a terrifying, terrifying fucking thing, you know. And so like guys have also got fake names in porn. I think it's just holding. <coughs> to tradition more than it is anything else but it's it's something that continues to this day and and mm-hmm. sex workers do get they get killed um they get you know they get hurt and all that stuff it's just i don't know man i know this i know that this episode is about jack the ripper but i think there's a bigger I mean, theme here you know but to say we we usually do go deeper and um back when lorecast was still around and uh benny was still on it um, he didn't bring it up on an episode, but when I was talking with him, he brought up a documentary that Sarah and I watched. It was Porn Inc., I believe it was. And it was talking about like the shelf life of a porn actress and how they only have, you know, so long. And as soon as they start dropping off and aging out, um, you know, that's it. They're gone. So these recruiters will get them in at like 16 or 17 you know, start talking to them. And then once they hit 18, they fly them down to Florida. Um, they do all their business and then they head back. And it was, it was really, really weird. It was so behind the scenes that I was like, this is what little teenage boys and adults are like super obsessed with is this super fake, really it's it, the porn industry is actually really gross honestly um i prefer i mean i don't really watch porn anymore because i'm married because what's the point um that's just me that's just me though i'm sorry <laughs> i saw elizabeth's face i don't i don't have to i don't want to uh that's just a me thing um like you're a better man than me, me. <laughs> like person you're a better man me. than my wife you're a better man <laughs> than be beth <laughs> I'll be back. I, feel like, I just feel like I'd be cheating on Sarah or looking at someone else like that, but that's just me, I guess. I mean, no, dude, but, dude, you don't have to apologize for how you run you your life, my I man. Mean, it's all good. Like, There's more than enough. Like... It's more for me, okay? <laughs> it was just like, I mean, it, it, the documentary at the end left it like ambiguous. Like, these girls want to do it and they're going to do it. And, um, we saw people who were in the sex industry for a very long time back in like the uh, 80s and it was like super awesome for them. And there's people who were like back in the 90s and 2000s and absolutely hated it. They thought it was like they're like you're looking at something that's so uh, fictionalized. You look over and there's like a couch full of used condoms and and hypodermic needles that are used. And it's like. 
I don't know. It was really eye opening to me, and it, it it makes me feel for these women who back then didn't even have um. Do they have protection back in the eighteen eighties? I don't know. I'm sure, they had some form. Yeah. Animal intestine. <laughs> right. So the lambskin. Right. So yeah. Um, I will say this. Um, so I, uh, I'm definitely down with the industry, uh, but not in its current incarnation. Although it's getting better. Like for example, they've introduced, uh, for example, laws in some places that make it so they have to wear protection and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Stuff to protect the protect the performers. But really, the best thing that we're seeing recently happen is um, actually the performers taking it back. And you got stuff like OnlyFans yeah. and Fansly and stuff like that. And a lot of people, I've seen a lot of like popular um, performers that have um, that uh, were working with studios and stuff like that actually transition over to do using that format and do better because they have direct access to do the things that they want to yeah. do. And it's turning out that a lot of them are actually very shrewd business people and uh, really using their um, using their business acumen in order to like make a life for themselves and their families. Mm. I love it. I'm really glad to see it. Um, so it's, it's a double-edged thing. There are, I don't know if there's scientific studies, but I do know that there's a going theory that people watching like a whole lot of porn, like, uh, it gives them unrealistic expectations when they're younger, especially, you know, teenagers and stuff like that. Uh, what, what sex is like and stuff like that. And I'll say that like when I was a teenager, I enjoyed my fair share and I never expected um, a woman to act like that. Although if they did, it was awesome. It was really cool. I actually like did spend a little bit of time with a porn actress one time. And I will tell you guys that it was pretty normal. Right. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, um, it's an interesting thing, but, uh, I, it's, uh, I, it's a hard subject to talk about. Cause like there's, there's good in it and there's bad in it. I think yeah. like, like I think about, um, I think about some of the like actresses that I've talked about before on the podcast, like um, Haley Page, for example, who was killed by her jealous husband, for example, like people mm -hmm. like that. But there's also people out there who do make long last Sasha Gray, who are Stoya, who turned their careers into like full blown professional careers doing other stuff. Like it's, it's possible, but then you think about Dakota Sky, who overdosed on fentanyl on some dude's couch in Southern California. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. It's 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 a crazy thing. But what it comes down to is, guys, um, it, you know, Jack the Ripper is an interesting, interesting thing to think about. Um, but it is a good time to highlight, I think, the um the context behind it, and kind of just uh, you know, kind of spare a thought for like. People like because one of the reasons Jack the Ripper probably got away with it, honestly, is because the only I guarantee the only reason the cops were as like as hardcore with their investigating was because it went public and because yeah. it became a sensation. How many in the 1800s, how many prostitutes probably died every single day at the hands of people? And it was just written off as fucking Jane Doe. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and to this day, you know what I mean? Like. I don't know. Like, I'm not here to bore you with a bunch of social shit if that's something you don't <laughs> care about. But I'm gonna tell you, you should care about it because it affects it affects it affects everybody, believe it or not. But in different ways, you know what I mean. But um, yeah. So Jack the Ripper is an asshole for that. If Jack the Ripper even indeed 
existed or was one person, as Beth highlighted earlier. It might have been multiple people. We just don't know, and we never will know, most likely. Um, but I do say maybe don't romanticize a person who goes after the most vulnerable class of people or one of the yeah. most vulnerable classes, right? I mean, the most vulnerable class, I would say, is children. But, you know, people that are on the street, you know, and doing sex work and stuff like that are an incredibly vulnerable class, and they need they need to be protected. You know what I mean? And that the concept of protecting them in the 1800s was, you know, that'll, that'll get you laughed out of any fucking pub. You know what I mean? I think so, yeah. But today, we're, we consider ourselves a little bit more advanced as a society, and in many ways, we're probably not. Um, but maybe that might be something worth thinking about is protecting these vulnerable people because there are, there are sex workers today that very much, very likely fear for their lives every single day they go to work. And so mm. it's, um, you know, something worth thinking about whether you enjoy porn or not, whether you've ever, uh, solicited the services of a sex worker or not, you know what I mean? Like it's, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So that's kind of my spiel, guys. I'm sorry for going off on that long tangent. It's just, it's ever since seeing those poor girls in Korea is something that's really bothered me. It's the first mm. time I've ever really talked about it publicly. Like, it really fucking bothered me that these, like, abducted, barely out of childhood people were, like, forced to stand outside of these places and, like, you know, and, like, say, like, they, 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 they total stereotypes. Like, they did stereotypical things. Like, Sucky, sucky, $5, sucky, sucky, cowboy, that kind of stuff from fucking full metal jacket. Like they did that stuff and they, there's no way in hell they wanted to be there, you know? And it's a fucking shame. And the thing that really pissed me off is a lot of my soldier, a lot of my compatriots as soldiers, whatever you guys might think of American soldiers, uh, those cats were out there fucking soliciting these, these, these barely older than girls. And, um, I I just I'm like you're a fucking scumbag for supporting that system. Like a fucking scumbag. And um I don't know. You know what I mean? Like maybe in Nevada is fine, you know, like you got a legal person, they got some protections and stuff like that. Like that's you know, go go get yourself a prostitute if you feel the need, but don't fucking not some abducted person that's like held under contract under gunpoint away from their families. That's fucked up. You know, and if there was no money in it, they wouldn't do it. You know mm. what I mean? Like that. It's, uh, anyway, guys, say your concluding thoughts. I I will talk about this all night and just get more and more pissed off. I have several points um, that I'd like to touch on. One is that, yes, condoms have been around since the 1800s, um, mid 1800s. I shared a link in the group chat. Um mm with uh like the idea of what condoms were and they were like you said animal skin and stuff like that but they would actually instead of just doing condoms a lot of men were really opposed to condoms so they would just tie them around and use them as a cock ring so that they couldn't bust like inside of the girl until they pulled it off which like i mean i guess whatever rocks your boat like they are still using cock rings today so apparently like some people still dig it um whatever good for you uh, the next thing I wanted to share, we were talking earlier about people using fake names. It's not just a sex worker thing. I was working at a daycare center for a fitness club and I had a stalker. Like I started using Batman when I was doing tech support and customer service because I would have guys call up every night and try to ask for me 
for bullshit Netflix tech support and then start making porno noises into the phone or be fucking on the other end of the phone. Um, when I worked at the truck stop up the road, like I kept the Batman name because I would have regularly have guys come in and be creepy and it's it's a safety thing like honestly it is not just a sex worker thing being a woman Mm. um sucks like in a world where people say they value women but don't really value women like and that's it's far more common than you would really think like that that happens um i don't know a woman who doesn't have a story of being afraid in a parking garage or walking home from a bus or or whatever like um and so that that's a huge thing um and that's often how a lot of women end up in sex trafficking is in forced situations like that being caught alone in the wrong place at the wrong time it's not always you're out at the club and somebody slips something into your drink you know like it's the craziest of of times um here in denver sex trafficking has become a really huge issue it's on uh, the phone numbers are on all the inside of the women's stall bathrooms, like on the highway and stuff like that. Like if you're being sex trafficked, call this number, blah, blah, blah. Tell the cashier, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that there's training for it, for how to deal with that, like in gas stations here. Like if a woman comes up to you and stuff. So it's really prevalent and it's really common. Um, and it is scary. Um, I think that there is not enough said about the female experience when it comes to the fact that just existing inherently makes us objectified like just being a woman just having a vagina just being in public as a woman and not being married like i it, it there was a joke on key and peel i think it was where like you casually mentioned that you have a boyfriend or maybe it was an amy schumer uh, yeah, no, it was Amy Schumer as a skit. And it was like, you can get along great with a dude. He'll be super nice to you until you mention in conversation that you have a boyfriend. And then all of a sudden, automatically, it's like the tone changes because it's that constant being pursued and constantly knowing that any dude that talks to you, there is an eight out of 10 chance that he is not actually authentically engaging in conversation, but there is an ulterior motive of some sort there. Like, and, and nobody really realizes that until we start actually talking about it and then people act really shocked about it but that's been my life experience my whole life i was seven the first time a stranger propositioned me with his dick out driving down the road while i was playing like in front of my house or like a couple blocks down or whatever i was eight the first time a guy tried to pick me up on my way home from school i was 12 um on the way to the gas station like and this is all in the same neighborhood i didn't move i didn't go anywhere else like and it it's just it's been a part of my life my whole entire life and a lot of men don't realize that that we constantly are on our guard because it is a constant threat that we have to be aware of um and only now in the last few years has it become really prevalent um i think that uh a lot of people really didn't start taking it seriously um and i'd like to to throw a big shout out to ashton kutcher for this until he started working with sex trafficking like Mm -hmm. he started making it a public conversation and he started telling people that you can't just ignore this problem anymore like it is unethical when we know better we do better if you understood and saw what these women what these little girls go through you would not just sit there and click the fucking clicker to get past the commercial you know what i mean like and you wouldn't if you actually had any 
idea like you said of when you actually saw what it was like from that perspective in korea it, it changed you it made you think about it differently and how it made you view women differently like as an entire other half of the human race right like but when we don't talk about it it just gets pushed pushed off into the shadows um i think that when it comes to uh women taking back the sex industry that is a huge step in progress um but there is still so much demonizing women on the internet for taking it back so to speak like um even men i've known for 20 years you know they get their little autobot sex girl fucking dm fucking messages and shit and automatically they go straight to she's a hoe or i'm not thirsty i don't need that why would i pay for it if i get it for free whatever um but oftentimes it comes along with that whole idea that they feel like they should be entitled to get it for free no matter what right Mm. And it is a business model now. It's not just a dating thing. It's not just going to the bar and hooking up. Sex has become <coughs> monetized and is an, a, it's a really big part of our economy now that was never accepted before. Um, and I think that there are a lot of social ideas about uh, how people feel about that. Like there are a lot of people out there that don't think that it should be able to control that much of our economy like how good is the sex work game right now well there were bitches during the pandemic that bought their own houses like and they were proud of it and they were some badass females like and good for them um but that makes a lot of other people mad you know that they don't have to do anything they don't think to to make that money when in reality being a sex worker no matter what you do whether you're hands-on or a content creator is a full-time fucking job and to do it ethically to take care of your body to get tested regularly like condoms are expensive man like that that there's a whole overhead that you've got to consider you know and people are uncomfortable thinking about sex as a business um i think that the my favorite part of that whole side of the industry is that women are able to dictate for themselves what they're worth and the fact that women owned and operated porn companies are becoming more and more the norm there are so many ethically sourced, women-owned um, suppliers of porn in the industry now that it has um, actually made kind of a dent, and they're becoming more and more well-known. I'll try to find some links, um, you know, to share in like our bios or whatever. Um, but like, I think that that's a huge deal. So because there is all kinds of really horrible porn out there, and it's not hard to find. You just go to XXX or Pornhub or, or whatever, you know, and it's just there. Like, and you know that whatever is happening in that scene is not good. Like, and the big thing, like, it really hit me, like, as a kid, like, learning that they dub sound over to make it sound like she's enjoying herself when in reality it's just a giant rape scene. Like, that, that was a revelation for me like in, i was like 17 when i first heard that and i was like oh oh well that makes more sense now because i don't see how any woman would have just let that happen like and, and i'm not going to get graphic obviously but like there are things that you're just like there had to have been drugs involved there had to have been coercion involved there had to have been this and you can see it and i can't personally empathize or relate to people who who want to see that part of the industry like um i think that 
going back to Jack the Ripper, that was one of the things, you know, is that this was someone that in theory really hated women, whether it was a man or another woman. Um, and I think that that was really portrayed in the disfigurement and in the mutilation that happened to the bodies in the um, making it public. Uh, there is a lot of argument, you know, whether or not Jack the Ripper himself, themselves, wrote those letters um, and sent the kidney and stuff like that, or whether it was journalists creating sensationalism, um, or, you know, was it police officers who were trying to, to rank up? There's a lot of theory behind that, um, you know, but we'll never know. Um, personally, I think that that makes a lot more sense to some degree that that's possible that it wasn't jack himself at all and i don't necessarily even agree that they were all the same person like i think that much like suicide anger and rage especially directed towards women um is contagious mm. and i think that uh that takes off a lot and it's something that we still see today like really really commonly um the only other thought I have is that I have a, a an opposite for Rule 34 that I would like to propose that we also start testing against all of our topics, and that's the Bechtel test. Have you guys heard of the Bechtel test? No, I've never heard yes. of the Bechtel test. Uh, that's the one where it's, uh, is there is there women in it, and is there is there a main woman in it that isn't like doesn't have a crush on like the lead or whatever? And um, I I remember kind this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please it's two women say, are featured. Yeah. These two women talk to each other and have a direct conversation, and they discuss anything other than a man. So you would be surprised how many movies don't pass the Bechdel test. I just wanted to propose I'm, that, I'm, like from my feminist I'm, perspective, as the opposite of Rule Thirty Four, or in conjunction with Rule Thirty Four. Oh, Jurassic World. Jurassic World. <laughs> does that make you so happy? <laughs> it does, but Jurassic Park does not. Sure. Jurassic Park does not. Um, but Jurassic World does. But it's it's a it's a it's kind of cheating a little bit because the women that were featured in the movie that talk, they they're actually talking over the phone. They're not in the same room, so it's it's a little shaky. But sure. Hmm. Yeah, that's some serious shit. There's not a lot of movies that 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 meet that qualification. There's not. All. There's not. So sorry. I know that was a whole lot. I just had. I wanted to kind of give some female voice to like some of the things that you were saying from my perspective and from the the, the female mind. Um, because I think you make a lot of really really good points. You know. Um, and I think while we didn't really talk about Jack the Ripper a whole lot, I think we've made a lot of really good. Um social analyzations about like how jack the ripper has had some sort of an effect on society and how we view things and stuff like that i think he jack the ripper has gone beyond um a, a being a, an actual person whether he was or not or whether she was or not i think the idea of jack the ripper um is more prevalent i think i think we're just not lucky, but I think that the idea of doing that to a sex worker and doing that to a woman um, can be personified. Um, I think we still have the idea of Jack the Ripper in our heads today. As Pope so eloquently said, there are 
women in Korea right now <clears throat> who are being absolutely taken advantage of. Um, I think I think I was blessed. I was the the way I was raised was absolutely totally different. My mom, from a very young age, told me, "Hey, this is this is a woman, and this is what happens." Like I learned the menstrual cycle really early on. I knew where periods came from. Obviously, my mom wasn't like dirty or anything, but she was like, "Hey, you're in a house with a sister and a mom, and we are different. And here are the things that are different." Um. So um, and Sarah and I talked about this. We're going to teach our kids penis and vagina. You're not going to say no, no square. You're not going to say um, cookie or whatever. Yeah, cookie or whatever. Like if Bob, if someone yeah. if 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 our female teacher is touching our little girl or our little boy or our male teacher is touching our little girl, little boy, I want them to come up to me and say, "Hey, my teacher, Mister So and So, touched my penis. Mrs. So and So, whoever touched my vagina." We're like, we don't want the idea of Jack the Ripper um, for, for someone to take advantage of our children that we don't have yet, but that's something that we've already discussed and stuff has already happened really bad to people that I know. I'm not going to say who, um, but people really close to me that have happened when they were seven, when they were six, five, um, one out of three, things. one out of three is the statistic. So, I think my mom also explained that to me. She was like, you are going to have feelings as a young man. Here's how not to act on them. You don't do these things. Um, so I just, I guess I was fortunate in having a really good upbringing and having a, a mom and a stepdad who are very clear on, you know, the anatomy of human beings, the stuff awful people, awful people do to innocent people. Um, and then the other half of the family just was kind of like, let's go to six flags once a week. Let's, <laughs> let's have fun. So, I don't know, it was just, I guess I was just blessed um, knowing that, and then I can pass it on to my children. I mean, I am just one guy. That's the that's the problem, is a lot of people on the internet nowadays are like, it's not what the woman wears, it's teaching the boys not to do that. I mean, that's So, we have a, a thing here, like, the kids, um, we ask permission for nose boobs. Like, if you want to boop somebody on the nose, you have to get consent from the person. If you want to hug one of the uh, another member in the family, like, there is an opportunity to say, no, please don't touch me. Um, and I have taught all of the kids, like, for as long as they can remember, no means no and stop means stop. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. Um, I have a right to that space. I have a right to ask you to leave my space. Um, and it's it's hard with a parent because you know you you sometimes have to do things for the betterment of your kids like put them in the bath when they're three and they're like no or when you have to take them to the hospital and they have to have a procedure done um and that can create trauma too you know but there is a really there's a lot to be said for the current generations raising children and understanding consent and understanding what is and is not appropriate in my generation we were not armed with the knowledge that an 18 19 20 21 year old boy hitting on a 14 year old girl was inappropriate they didn't talk about that you know you were just mature for your age and therefore older boys liked you like they didn't talk about um you know how to revoke consent they 
Um, you know, once you say yes, it's just yes. Like the, the, these aren't things that were ever discussed with us as a kid. And with my kids, like periods or dinner time conversation, like I was having the worst cramps of my life a few years ago. We're in the middle of dinner and Tiny just busts out. And he's like, mom, do all girls have painful periods? And I was like, no, my body just sucks. And then at that point, he's like, man, I'm so glad I'm not a girl. Like, you know, and that's, that's fair, you know? So, but it, there's no reason why that shouldn't be the norm. And it really, it's scary that there are still people out there who aren't capable. I personally am of the belief, if you can't say penis and vagina, you probably shouldn't be touching them together. Like, honestly, like, it, that's just how I feel about it. If you aren't mature enough to be able to use proper anatomical terms, then you probably aren't mature enough to be having sex in the first place. Like, and that sucks. And I don't care how old you are. I would say that to a 50 year old. Like if you can't say vagina, you probably shouldn't be putting anything in there. Some old dusty crusty man hits on you. Hey there, sweetie. You got a nice little page. You got a nice cook. <sighs> Oh, that, that was sounds even worse. Phone flashback. Yeah. I'm gonna have horrible. to do an episode one day where I just tell you guys old phone bone stories, like old people I used to talk to on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, it's Patreon. Yeah, uh, speaking yeah. speaking of the Patreon, I actually uh, I've started to assemble <clears throat> content for it, so look out for that pretty soon. Uh, it exists. I just haven't made it live yet because I don't have mm. uh, I don't have as much content as I'd like on it. Uh, but we're gonna get there. <clears throat> um, I need you to make me like wanna... a cute like pajama outfit, macabre masters, so that I can take like thirst trap photos in macabre masters <laughs> gear to put on the Patreon. Party on! Um, I I definitely <laughs> I I definitely am still working with Tatiana on some macabre masters merch. So, uh, you guys you guys can look forward to that as well. Um, I also want to note, Nick, that I am, I also, my mom did the same thing. So maybe that, maybe there's a commonality here. Like, uh, she sat me down when I was 10, I was like nine Mm -hmm. or 10 and she just laid it out one morning, (laughs) just fucking just laid the whole thing out for me. No, I am not going to sit here and act like I've been perfect my entire life. I have made very real mistakes, Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to, uh, respecting them, respecting women and, uh, even sexually I've made mistakes. Never is, is anything as far as rape is or anything like that, but just there's mistakes have been made. Like I'm mature enough to admit that, but I will say that uh, part of the process is recognizing when you fuck up and trying to be better. And that's in all aspects of life, but this is a big one. But yeah, my mom, she sat me down and she like the whole thing, just one after the other. She did not shy away from it. Straight yeah, up told no. me the whole process <laughs> She's like, you ain't going to think no shit about no storks after I'm done with you. Storks ain't got shit to do with nothing. <laughs> All right, like... Just flew on by. Your mom, right. your mom starts, your, the mom starts with, it gets this big. <laughs> <laughs> but in your case, probably this big. Um, no, uh, see, you video watchers, that was a funny joke. The other one's probably not so much. Um, okay, so um, that's... Uh, that's uh so guys um i before we get out of here and do our shout outs i want to um just put forth that um in the show notes um beth was kind enough to track down some links so we're going to put the jack the ripper timeline is going to be one of them but more importantly Mm -hmm. um the line to report if you or somebody that you know 
um, or somebody that you see is being uh, trafficked, um, the the line there. So um, that's going to be in the show notes for you guys to find. Uh, you know, it's like they say all the time at the fucking airport, you know? Um, say something, say, see something, say something. See something, see something, say something. All right? I'm just saying. <clears throat> uh, with that said, um, guys, you have any shout-outs this week? I'll be honest. I don't think I have. I don't think I have any. Nothing's going on in my life right now. Uh, maybe shout-out to you two just for, you know, Keep him. <laughs> I'm cool. Even though we had a, a it was an all right episode. I feel. <laughs> I went off the rails. It went into. It went into. I think it went into some important topics. I agree, absolutely. Always shout out to you guys. Um, I would like to say to anybody out there listening that's looking for makeup, uh, the brand that I use for me and my daughter's Creature Cosmetics. They just got into a new building in the last year and it was just demolished by a tornado and um they're currently trying to get as much sales up as they can so that they are able to get into a new building um and i'll tell you that their makeup palettes their eyeshadows got flung across the room in a tornado and did not break the eyeshadow palette is still intact you can look them up on tiktok they will show you the video so tornado proof eyeshadow guys go out there and get it while you can i think that they're currently doing a lipstick sale if that's your bag um but the chick who runs it um it's a female-owned company, and she is amazing, and um, they could really use some help. So, like, if anybody wants to kind of go and, and check out their products, it's Creature Cosmetics. Um, they don't sponsor us at all, but, like, I really think that she works really, really hard for her business, and a tornado is devastating, especially for such a young business that's, you know, a couple years old. Like, that's, that's really uh, mm. devastating you know, to lose the building that you're in. And literally there were people that died in her town. Like it was a really tragic event. So um, she could absolutely use some support if anybody out there in Macabre Masters land is a makeup wearer. Good deal. We'll drop a link for them in the show notes as well. So show notes are going to be pretty populated this week, guys, because normally yeah. I just put one fucking sentence because I'm lazy. <laughs> There was one co-host that I, 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 there's one co-host that I asked to, to maybe go in and fatten out the show notes a little bit, but, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say any motherfucking what? names. Um, We're just not going to look at the camera at either one of us. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, oh yeah. Okay. So I actually have two shout outs. Uh, the first one is actually to Nick. Um, has nothing absolutely 100% nothing to do with what I just mentioned uh completely unrelated um but Nick uh guys uh, if you guys have been tracking the YouTube the three shout outs actually I'm sorry um if you've been tracking the YouTube our thumbnails Nick has been making them so he's been doing a great job got himself a nice iPad and he's been fucking taking care of it and uh that's awesome it's awesome I like that it's, it's thematic and just swaps out some stuff but it's it's themed out it looks really good I really like the one for this episode too. He actually has Me a shadow. Too, the shadow the dude is so yeah. fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, super dope. So I, I don't know. I thought I thought it'd be interesting to like change it up a little bit. Like I know you can definitely tell that it's definitely made by three different people. <laughs> when you look at the ones that Noah did, the ones that you've done, and then the ones that I've done, they all look vast, <laughs> vastly different. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's 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 we all have our different styles. You know what I mean? Like me, I'm an I'm expert level at cutting stuff out and putting it on other stuff. But if you ask me to do anything like creative or like drawing, like fuck it, I call Tatiana. Like I can't do it. Um, so that's my first shout out. My second shout out is actually to uh the musician Jay Smooth. Jay Smooth is awesome. Uh, Mr. J actually is a responsible for our new theme, which is this is going to be the first mm. episode. So um. That's uh, really cool. So word up, Jay. And then the last thing is actually to my mom. Uh, my mom. Hi, Pope's mom. Mm. <laughs> I'm a Pope. Yeah, she, uh, she, the same one who sat me down and like gave me the birds and the bees <laughs> and the hummingbirds <laughs> and the fucking storks and the like everything else down the line. Also, when I was just 10. heard about you hanging out with Korean prostitutes. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, well, I didn't hang. I, I, I. Yeah, anyway, so um <laughs> that kind of knocked me off guard. But uh I um my mom actually she uh she's been she's been checking out our stuff and um so Macau Masters, we have listeners, like we we have listeners all over the world. Um interestingly, most of our listeners on Stitcher, so maybe me talking about five star reviews on Apple isn't helping anything because you need to leave us a five <laughs> fucking star review on Stitcher. Um god damn it, Stitcher listeners. Uh, but with that said, um, it's really cool when when your when your mom is like, okay, like you know, this isn't terrible. This is okay because my mom is usually not really the biggest fan of my stuff, just because it tends to be really edgy, um, and she's a little bit more conventional, which is perfectly fine. So, shout out to my mom, much love, love you, mom. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got through it. Probably didn't. Once I start talking about Korean hookers and going off on my tangent, but whatever. <laughs> So you'll just never hear this and you'll just, you know, live the rest of your life thinking I never give you a shout out. Okay. Uh, with that said, uh, guys, thanks for listening. You're awesome. We like you. We like your face. We like your we hair. It looks you. really nice today. And we hope that you have an absolutely beautiful week until next week when we discuss. Say it with me. We haven't talked about it. We don't know what we're talking about. Oh, there's a puppy on screen. Uh... Yeah, yeah, dog is. Little puppy. Maybe shout we should out. do. Oh, who's shout out to the puppy. Hey, oh, maybe we should do. Uh, He's maybe we should do Tesla and Edison. They're both pieces of shit. <laughs> this isn't. This isn't piece of shit, masters. We just happen to talk about some pieces of shit. I mean, I mean, they kill people and old elephants. What? What? Isn't that the... What? If, Oh well, Topsy Topsy is uh, of course the subject of one of the best songs ever written for Bob's Burgers. But yeah, uh, it's like Edison killed people because you know people get electrocuted. So I guess he's a mass murderer. Like, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. so you know what I think though? I think that we should really flesh out this Jack the Ripper as a female. Like your whole idea at the beginning of the show. Like I honestly think that we should like write that out. Do a goofy episode. And do like well, I mean, we could, but like we could, we should totally like do a short story like collaboration on Jack the Ripper as a female. Like, but totally, I'm into this. like. I figured you would be like, I've been sitting here thinking about it for the last hour now. Like we should totally do this. We just all come up with a story and come back with it. See, that's going to be on the Patreon. It's going to, we're going to release there it in go. chapters. There you go. First chapter yeah, yeah. written by Beth, second chapter written by me, third chapter written by Nick. It's going to be like an episode of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Whenever the kids try and tell a story. Exactly. Yeah. Except, 
Exactly. Or it's going to be like a it's exquisite corpse. Exquisite Can I be corpse, Louise? Right? Be Louise. Have fun. Jeez, yeah. Louise. I want to be Louise. I, only if I can be Tina, though. I want to be Tina. Oh. Deal. Hardcore Tina. Uh, I'm Tina in real uh, life, so I want to be Louise this time. I'm Gina in real life, and I'll be Gina in the <laughs> Butts, 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 butts. Um, okay, so I love it. I actually have the Boss Burger soundtrack on fucking vinyl, guys. I'm a big nice. fan. It's fucking You're dope. You're such Wait, a hipster with your vinyl and your Mac <laughs> computer from the 90s. You are All you need is a man bun. Uh, so, true story, I actually used to kind of have something like that. My hair was really long, and I would tie it up, and it'd be, like, right here and, like, flop over. Um, it looked pretty cool, but it also looked really whack. And so uh, I just chopped all my hair off one day. But, uh, yeah, I'm a hipster in a lot of ways. With that said, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Macabre Masters. And um, do me a favor and hug a hipster today. Punch a Nazi today. Okay? And um, have a good day. Especially if you We love Nazis, you. We will love your face and the rest of you. So, but especially your mind. Now, mm. yeah, see? It, it, appealing to intellectualism. It's called... Oh, God. Oh, my God. What's it called? Somebody who's sexually attracted to people that are smart. Sapiosexual. Sapiosexual, isn't it? Sapiosexual. Attracted to smart people. Right? That's that's what my friend Braylon says I am. Because <laughs> Stephen Fry is sexy. Okay? I'm just saying. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't at me. Especially mom. I like if you get to this big point, brains and you I hear me say lie. a man. Huh? I said I like big brains and I cannot lie. Dude, straight up. Straight up. All day. Ooh, there you go. Let's put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We'll make one. I like big brains and I cannot lie. It's fucking Macabre Masters in the back. That sweet-ass logo that took fucking 30 iterations to design. Um, I love you. <laughs> no, I mean, it was fun. It was a fun process. It was collaborative, which is awesome. All right, guys. We're out of here. Bye.